Hello and welcome to another episode of The Thriving Metabolism, where we discuss everything that impacts your hormones and metabolism so that you can take control, repair the damage and lose weight consistently without making yourself miserable in the process. Most weight loss strategies and diets actually do harm to your metabolism, resulting in further weight gain down the road. And it can be a particularly challenging time for women who are over 40 due to hormonal and metabolic changes. So it's my mission to empower you so that you and your metabolism thrives and you never have to go through diet misery again. I'm Louise Digby, registered nutritional therapist, weight loss expert and founder of the Nourish Method to Lasting Fat Loss. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring how we can go beyond the surface level approaches beyond the diets that only get us short-term results and let's face it, superficial results. You know, I was talking last week about how 40% of weight loss on your average weight loss diet is typically muscle loss. So while the scales are telling you what you want to hear, that you've lost weight, it's a very superficial result because the truth of it is that you've damaged your metabolism and lost that so, so vital muscle mass. And the big question is, How do we lose weight that's mostly fat while preserving our muscle? Well, what we know is that with the right approach that isn't focused simply on eating less and exercising more, muscle loss can be reduced down to just 10% of weight loss. You're always going to lose some muscle when losing weight because to burn fat, we have to put our bodies into a catabolic state, which is a state where we're breaking tissue down. But we can minimize that loss and also go through muscle gain phases to help prevent a sluggish metabolism. So how do we achieve weight loss that's mostly fat loss without dieting? Well, it's all about your hormones. Now, what do you think of when I say the word hormones? I'm sure that most people immediately think of estrogen and progesterone, maybe testosterone. And those are definitely important ones and certainly ones that change considerably for women throughout their lives. But we're also talking about other hormones like your stress hormones, cortisol and DHEA, your blood sugar hormones, which we've mentioned a few times in previous episodes, which are insulin and glucagon. Then we've got the thyroid hormones, which are a set of hormones. And we've got the hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin. And there are many more than this, many, many more. But those are the main ones that you are going to want to know about. Hormones control everything in the body. They're chemical messengers that tell your cells and organs how to behave. As an example, your thyroid hormones control the speed of the chemical reactions in your body. So essentially, the speed of your metabolism. Our hormones control our energy levels, fat burning, our body fat distribution, sex drive, skin health, cravings, hunger, moods, and many more things. Big stuff when you're trying to lose weight, right? Your hormones being balanced are really key to your well-being. And unfortunately, people, especially women, find out the hard way when things go wrong. With all of these hormones, we can have too many of them and not enough of them. And we're going to be digging into some of these hormone groups over the coming episodes. And today, we're going to be looking generally at why hormones become imbalanced. And the simple answer to that 
is modern life. Stress, busyness, poor work-life balance, processed foods, depleted or foods that are depleted of nutrients, um, a lack of variety in the diet, environmental toxins, medications like antibiotics, and more. These are all things that we can tolerate in short bursts, but over time, they deplete the body's resources and lead to imbalances. So let's start with stress and sleep. For women especially, life has become a lot more demanding. You know, 50 to 100 years ago, women took care of the home and the kids, and now women typically still do that, and they're expected to work full-time and look amazing and have a social life, and often they're taking work home with them too. And we're now privileged to have it all, but what that really means is doing it all. So many of the women that I work with barely get a moment's peace. They're constantly on the go, rushing around between kids and work and family and errands. And, you know, aside from the lack of time to eat well and exercise, this constant busyness and stress and the poor quality sleep that comes with that is disruptive to our hormones, especially cortisol, your main stress hormone. And as well as our lifestyle changing considerably, so have our diets in many ways. Now, I'm not claiming that our diets were perfect back then. You know, we didn't have the variety of foods that we have available now, especially of the superfoods. And of course, there were times of rationing in the war years. But while there's been improvements in the availability of food generally, including health foods, there have been many major shifts that are detrimental to health. The food we eat now is thought to be at least 50% lower in vital nutrients compared to 50 to 100 years ago. And even if you're eating a well-balanced diet, this is still the case. And this is because of modern farming techniques, such as artificial fertilizers, and also because we're not really eating food that's in season anymore. And this means that we need to eat more to meet our nutrient requirements. The amount of grains in our diet has dramatically increased too. Now, previously being a relatively small amount of the diet, and now for many, grains make up the majority of their diet. And many of these grains are highly processed, making them even more nutrient depleted and inflammatory. Plus, more and more pesticides are used and therefore more and more pesticides are consumed. And then we have medications and that's a really big subject. But to take just a tiny part of that, our increased use of antibiotics, while often essential and life-saving, it doesn't come without its consequences. And our gut microbiomes are significantly impacted even just by one course of antibiotics. Now, if you need to take them, then you need to take them. However, we need to be giving more consideration to our friends that live in our guts because they really are core to good health. Your gut bacteria are involved in nutrient absorption and hormone and toxin elimination and inflammation control. And those are all things that are essential for happy hormones. So these are just some of the factors of modern life that put our bodies under stress and disrupt our hormones. Now, our bodies can cope pretty well with all of this in most cases. And 
you know, sometimes the first time we really feel the impact is when we are our bodies are starting to transition towards menopause in our late 30s and 40s. And when you look at populations that still follow a more traditional lifestyle and diet, many don't even experience menopause. They don't even have a word for it because it's just something that the women don't suffer with. So we tend to think that this hormonal chaos and weight gain that occurs for women is normal. Well, unfortunately, it is normal for us, but that doesn't mean it should be happening. All these lifestyle factors and diet factors exaggerate the natural decline and fluctuations in hormones, causing the longest of symptoms that so many in the Western world experience. So hopefully learning this doesn't leave you feeling hopeless. I know it can feel like an impossible mountain to climb when some of these things can feel out of our control, but try to see this information as really positive because there's lots that we can do to support our hormones. There are changes that we can make to alter some of these factors. And if we can't change them, there's things that we can do to ensure that your body has what it needs to thrive the nutrients it needs, for example. And that's what we're going to be digging into over the coming episodes. So I hope you'll join me for those. Now it's time for my favorite fact from the past week. This one's not good news for vegetarians and vegans because the fact is this, vegetarian meat alternatives are low in nutritional quality. So I'm pleased to see this study because I've been cautioning my clients on relying too heavily on these products because of how processed they are. And that's been based on my judgment and mainly because while there's been a fair bit of research on the benefits of a plant-based diet, until now, there's been very little research on what's called textured plant proteins. And this is where they take something like soybeans or pea protein and they subject it to high pressure and high temperatures to restructure the protein and make it more meat-like. So this was a study published recently that has assessed the quality of plant-based meat alternatives. And what they found is that although they claim to have high levels of nutrients, those nutrients are not available. They're not able to be absorbed by the body. The researchers found that the absorption of iron and zinc particularly from these products was extremely low. And these are two nutrients that vegans can struggle to find and absorb from plant-based foods. And the reason for this poor absorption is because the meat substitute contains a high level of phytolates. These are anti-nutrients that inhibit the absorption of minerals. Phytolates are naturally occurring in plants and their levels are concentrated when the protein is extracted. So even if the product is fortified or naturally has a high level of minerals, these won't be absorbed due to the phytolates. Thankfully, the study also looked at temper, which is fermented tofu, and found that there was much more available iron. And this is because the fermentation breaks down the phytolates. So temper is a good option. Mycoproteins, which are proteins from fungi, these are promising because they have more zinc without the anti-nutrients or the phytolates. But we don't know how well these are digested in the gut. So we're not really sure whether that zinc is being absorbed yet. 
but I'm sure there's more research to come. The overall takeaway here is that these processed meat alternatives come at a price and the cost is poor mineral absorption. So if you're not eating meat, make sure your main source of protein is from unprocessed sources and fermented sources where possible. And if you want to read this study, I'll link it in the show notes. Now, this week, I haven't received any listeners' letters, so I thought I would bring you a question from one of my clients, Caroline, who I know listens to the podcast. Now, remember that if you'd like to get your questions answered, you can ask me anything by emailing louise at louisedigbynutrition.com and putting podcast in the subject line. So Caroline asked me about a supplement that claims to promote belly fat burning by stimulating human growth hormone. The supplement contains L-ornithine, which is an amino acid, and amino acids are the building blocks of protein. You'll get lots of L-ornithine from your food if you eat enough protein, but often with amino acids, different benefits can be obtained when supplemented on an empty stomach because they don't have to compete to be absorbed and utilized in the body. So what is human growth hormone? Well, it's produced by your pituitary gland, which is a tiny gland in your brain, and it helps children to become full-sized people. And in middle age, the production of human growth hormone slows down. Human growth hormone in older adults may help to promote muscle growth, and a reduction in belly fat. But taking human growth hormone is only possible if you have a human growth hormone deficiency, which is rare, and it also has side effects. There is some research to show that supplementation with L-ornithine and L-arginine together can promote human growth hormone production, but there's also other research that's found no benefits. The research is really limited with tiny sample sizes when done on humans, and most of the research is actually on animals. And L-ornithine hasn't been researched on its own, only in combination with other aminos. And there doesn't seem to have been much research in the last 10 years or so, as far as I can see. So that's a sign that the research that was there didn't really offer much hope for using L-ornithine for this purpose. Having said that, L-ornithine is very well tolerated, so there isn't any harm in taking it. Just because something is under-researched doesn't always mean it doesn't work, but based on what I've read, I wouldn't be rushing out to buy it. So what's the main takeaway from this? Well, be wary of the claims that you see on supplement websites. They may be based on very limited and old research. Plus, this particular supplement wasn't cheap. And while you do get what you pay for when it comes to supplements, when it comes to weight loss supplements, companies can really get away with overcharging because so many people are looking for that magic pill. Ultimately, there is no magic pill. And while there are supplements that may aid your weight loss journey, they need to be taken alongside a targeted nutrition and lifestyle intervention to really have any impact. And the supplements that work for you may not work for someone else because it depends on what imbalances you have and what your body needs. 
In case you haven't heard, my Mend Your Metabolism five-day challenge is back. Starting on the 13th of March and running for five days, this challenge is going to help you to get the foundations in place to begin mending your metabolism. Years of suboptimal nutrition, disrupted sleep, and a hectic life can leave you with metabolic damage, making weight loss a real challenge, even when you're eating well and keeping active. And as you've learned from previous episodes, cutting calories or your typical diet can further the damage. And we need to go deeper and repair the damage so that you can start seeing results. So this is for you if you're struggling to make progress, whether that's because nothing works for you or because you just don't know what to do. Whether you know you have a sluggish metabolism or you just suspect it, this is going to give you the foundations and the momentum that you need. Find out more by visiting louisedigbynutrition.click forward slash metabolism, or you can use the link in my Instagram bio. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to talk to me about anything that I've discussed in this episode, you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Louise Digby Nutrition, or you can email me with your question to be answered on the podcast at louise at louisedigbynutrition.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, click follow and leave a review. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.